Welcome to PackRip Media Presents NFTeach. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy, coming to you live from Dubai. I am joined today by Micah Johnson. Micah is a former Major League Baseball player turned NFT artist. On April 16th, The Hollywood Reporter announced that Aku, an NFT project and character created by Micah, had been optioned for TV and film by production powerhouse Anonymous Content. Uh, Anonymous Content has brought you movies like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and TV shows like uh, Mr. Robot. Uh, It's the first time that an NFT has served as original source material for a Hollywood project. And while that alone is like pretty incredible and newsworthy, the story of Aku also serves as a fascinating case study of the seemingly endless possibilities that NFTs hold to revolutionize the world of entertainment, IP, technology, and the arts. Uh, I'm really excited to have Micah on. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Without further ado, let's get into it with my guest, the creator of Aku, Micah Johnson. Welcome back to NFT with Dr. Jeremy here. I am so excited to have this guest on. Um, this is a big get for me. Uh, and I think that this gentleman's project is transformative for the NFT space. So I'd like to welcome Micah Johnson on the My Moment guest line. My Moment is the best way to physically display your NFTs. Micah, welcome. How are you today? Doing well. Doing well. A little, little under the weather. I got some uh, bronchitis floating around. So, oh man, uh, I got some congestion too, dude. I'm, I, I'm, I'm more with you than you can imagine right now. So no, so we'll, we're gonna push through because you yeah, know, yeah, we're, yeah, we're no built, doubt. we're built like that. So, hundred uh, percent. It, it's an NF teach tradition to ask every guest how in the world did you get started in the <laughs> NFT space. So, Micah, why don't you describe what your journey into the NFT space was before we get into Aku. Well, you know, it started with just trying to figure out a way to make some money. Um, after baseball, I didn't really have rep- a gallery representation or anything of that nature um, to, to sell my artwork. And and I saw it, uh, crypto is a, is a way to, you know, take some kind of ownership over my financial situation. Um, and so I got in it for that. And then I discovered NFTs pretty much simultaneously. And begin to go down the uh, the list of people that I thought were tweeting about cool things, and, and you know, one thing you know led to another, and then I was in discords asking questions and you know uh, figuring it out a little bit, and and one thing that stuck with me was the accessibility to some of the thought leaders in this new developing industry. Um, I, you know, I could just send them DMs or send them questions and they would hit me right back. And that's something, um, I didn't have access to in the real world, you know, um, without a college education, um, without ever having a job resume or, or doing a job interview in my entire life, I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. And here I was being able to talk to, you know, who are now like definitely leaders and the biggest industry, the hottest industry in the world. And, and so that's really what made me stick. That's crazy. Do you remember the first person that you reached out to via DM and they responded and you were like, whoa, that that's crazy that I can have like connection with this person so quickly. I mean, one of the, the, the biggest, the most influential person for me in the space has been, uh, Jimmy. And I think everybody knows Jimmy. Um, from NFT 42, Nameless NFT. Uh, 
he was probably my first point of contact to under really understand the technology side of things. And I think because I went in from that perspective of trying to understand the tech, I was able to do some things and, and kind of watch and learn a little bit about what the capabilities were. Um, and he actually collected my first two in crypto arts. And so um, he's been a massive uh, influence in, in my life for sure. So your your project, Aku, uh, as I mentioned in the, in the lead in, I think it's to date the most transformative and the most, it has the most potential of any project that started. And we'll get into some of the reasons for why, but can you, for the three people living under a rock who in there are in the NFT space and haven't heard about Aku yet, <laughs> uh, can you describe the sort of origin story for the character and the project itself? Yeah, for sure. So, so if you ever go look at my paintings, um, you, you see young black kids in, in, in astronaut helmets. And Aku is a digital representation of those paintings and, you know, digital because, I, you know, digital is a way to access a broader audience and a more palatable medium to reach kids, which is my target audience. And I say kids because um, that those paintings were all based around um, back last year. Uh, in probably February, March, 2020, my nephew asked if astronauts could be black. And that's when I started painting him as an astronaut. And that kind of led to doing more works with astronaut uh, theme, doing uh, a programmable artwork on async um, with that same theme. And, and so Aku is based in just a form of representation uh, and animation that I think could reach a broader demographic than just say a one-of-one one painting of mine that hangs in a gallery, right? In terms of Aku, there's 10 chapters, correct? Correct. So so where where did the idea and sort of the mindset come for for fractionalizing his story into these chapters and, and describe what that creative process was like? Well, it goes back to the beginning when I realized the, you know, about the tech and the capabilities and uh, what people, what would it, how can I best reward the community? And so my thesis going into it was, let's just release this character. Let's say we're going to do 10 chapters and, and, and it'll evolve and give him a backstory. Um, and the idea with that is that we could prove market fit and, and potential of this character without having to, you know, raise a bunch of money or go take this idea and sell this idea to, let's say, a studio to produce, right? Um, at that time, I had no idea about how the film and TV industry worked. Um, that was just some, you know, bold thinking that one day maybe it could become the show, or et cetera. Well, after chapter one, we did chapter one, and uh, I didn't expect the numbers that we did or the kind of social engagement that occurred and I think it was like a lightning in a bottle moment and we were able to leverage that moment to strike the uh, movie deal become the first NFT option to become a major feature film um, and doing so 
And in doing so, I was able to retain 100% ownership over the IP. So like this whole idea I had um, to use 10 chapters to prove it out um, came to fruition after just one chapter. And so now I shifted the focus on, okay, now we, we executed on that part. Now, how can we create a model where we can leverage the feature film to bring on the community using 10 chapters to identify really a strong council, like the, the real true Aku uh, leadership group. And then when we are building this IP out, are we doing innovative things? We can lean on them for, for guidance and help maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then now you have a diverse council of people, all different backgrounds, all walks of life, creating IP kind of navigate, you know, um, within the community. Yeah. So, you know, the, as you mentioned, Aku is the first NFT project where TV and movie rights have been optioned. So, um, I know Pusha T is involved. I can't imagine what it was like to first, you know, get something either calling, get you, Pusha T calling you on your phone or sending you a DM, what that was like, but can you walk us through sort of how that happened? so quickly and what the process was for that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, quickly is the right uh, word I would use because really what happened was I had this character and I'm not a big self-promoter. I'm, not a, I'm a more on the shadows type. I was just telling tell you, I don't, I'm right now in the location with no Wi-Fi. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm in the shadow type. We had this character and the launch name was coming up and, People started to see this is back in February that this is about to be this is about to kick off. Um, like this whole industry is going to just explode. And what happened was there were a few people in the uh, black crypto community. They were like, "Okay, this is a chance for us to put a black creator at the forefront of this industry." And so they just started networking. You had Summer Watson, who's one of the connections to Pusha T and Oxfam Angel and Curtains and some of these tastemakers within the culture. Um, hit them up and they're like, bet, like, no problem, you know. Um, Kai Sheffield, Eric, everybody was really just kind of evangelizing his character and, and, and off the strength of that, you know, I think that took like, it was like 48 hours before the drop. Um, that's, that's crazy, man. I, yeah, yeah, don't sleep on the culture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your first, your Genesis dot zero zero one um, that one for 1.4 million in seven minutes, which is absolutely freaking insane. What were your thoughts when you saw the appetite for this project and what sort of expectation did you have going into that first Genesis drop on how well it was going to do? Zero expectations. I don't, I don't have zero expectations. Um, but my response was, it's, like, it's time to go to work. I'm not going to just let people you know, spend $1.4 million in seven minutes when I have all these tools that I can redistribute um, and bring them along, you know, revenue and bring them along, right? And, 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 and let them participate in this expansion. And so literally, you know, seven minutes is up. I, you know, we're all club out saying bye to buddy, hang up and it's, you know, let's go to work. So that well, was the first thing I did was work. Yeah, you struck while the iron was hot. And, you know, Anonymous Content, which is the um, the group that I believe picked up the option. I mean, we're talking 
Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Mr. Robot, True Detective. Um, you know, you're you're in good company uh, w- with that group. You had a vision for it being made into a TV or a film series all along when you started this project, or was that something that just sort of snowballed really quickly out of the success that the first drop had? No, it was definitely something that was on far away, you know, far away. Um, but the demand, to be quite honest, the demand for the IP was incredible. Um, and, you know, the meetings that we were having, and obviously it's great. And, you know, now we're still, it's still pretty, it's big. <laughs> the people that are, you know, being associated with, with it, um, Never, never, never expected that. I didn't know, you know. I didn't know what went into getting a film made or getting a TV series made, right? And to be having these meetings in real time, I'm learning it as we go, but I'm still, I'm realizing that, yeah, like, you know, this is special. Uh, you mentioned that the black crypto community really rallied behind your project and wanted to have uh, a black content creator at the front of this space. This space is super white and super male right now. How do you see a more inclusive and a more representative space of black and indigenous people of color happening within the content creators? And what do you think the educational outreach for sort of NFTs and crypto in general needs to look like to create more diversity within this space? Well, that's a good question. You know, there's a couple artists right now that, you know, are, are exploding and are about to explode in this space. Um, and I think the focus needs to be on more collectors of work or more, you know, um, more brands and businesses coming on board to, and to reach that, that, that audience, if that makes sense. Um, the more collectors that we have, the more brands that we have within the space will onboard um, I think we'll I think we'll onboard more people. I think that's really what it comes down to is participation and, and collecting. It makes a lot of sense. The you know it, there is this sort of unspoken firewall for many between the top shot community and NFTs that's starting to disappear as the the speculative boom has moved from these NBA Top Shot moments toward these generative PFP avatar projects. So more people are getting into this space. But yeah, I, I think that as collectorship grows, um, that that's definitely where it's going to move. And I think consumer brands moving into this space is only going to help that, that sort of growth happen. Micah, I want to talk to you about Web 2 and Web 3. So, you know, Web 2 brought us YouTube and TikTok where creators earned, but it was a relatively small piece of the pie. And the audience were largely passive consumers. You know, they would post a com- comment in the replies. And in contrast to Web3, where like NFT artists like you are retaining full IP rights to your product um, and a vast majority of the financial value of, of the IP they're creating. And the audience is sort of an active member in sort of guiding, moderating, and creating this community. Uh, what do you think the future for creatives looks like with NFTs? And where do you see this going in the next, you know, year and then i mean obviously the next year of time is like 600 years of nft space with how rapidly things move but where do you what do you see happening in the next 12 months well i think in the next 12 months i think you're going to see a lot more of 
you're going to see a lot more Hollywood coming into this space. Uh, a lot more of the content creation um, coming into the space. Um, I, I think that it's going to take time to really see the effects of how to empower an audience to be the distribution channel instead of like just consumers um, enabling them to be distribution channel. And what that means is now you have creators, let's say you have massive, massive following on YouTube, right? Instead of working for a fee or, you know, of ad revenue, now you can distribute directly to your audience. And now the audience can distribute that content even further. Uh, through gated access of channels to NFTs through a variety of ways. And I think that's where this is headed. Um, that's how I'm thinking of Aku is how can we build a large enough community to mimic the distribution reach of a major studio and empower, you know, I'm the creator in this case, but empower the audience and the creator to share the upside of the distribution of the IP. That's, yeah. what's, that's really, that's really what's possible right now. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. So, you know, this idea of dis disintermediation and decentralization is sort of center at, at blockchain in general. Um, and it's funny that you mention when I was hearing you talk about this idea of like where YouTube you're, you're sort of generating off of ads, right? You're, you're getting a small sliver of what's going on. It made me think of how consumer brands are having to buy back their customers, uh, you know, through ads and through YouTube videos and Happy Meals um, to get access to their fans. So you, you can think about how not only for creators, but how brands could also sort of have direct access to their consumers. Um, you know, what do you think about sort of consumer brands entering this space and how do you think that could look um you know, in the near future? I think first and foremost, as a consumer brand, you need to, you need to first identify and connect with the right crypto community. Um, I think a lot of times, a lot of people come into the space on these major brands or these major IPs and, you know, think that their IP or brand, just, just because of who they are, they're going to be able to do sell, you know, X amount and do what these other artists are doing. And it's not necessarily the case because everybody in crypto at this point has been here. They understand, you know, what's authentic and what's inauthentic. So I think for consumer brands, it's really important to engage with the crypto community authentically um, in order to build that community up. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, an ETH address and a, and a multitude of ETH addresses is a CRN that you can directly uh, have access and reward the community, right? Let's, let's like, for example, if, if my daughter, my daughter loves Frozen, right? If I walk into Target and buy her a Frozen t-shirt, Disney has no idea, you know, a, a way to connect with me after I buy the Frozen one, right? And maybe give me another Frozen t-shirt another year, right? But with ETH addresses now, you know, maybe we distribute access to this frozen t-shirt and then you that, we can just, you know, airdrop you another frozen t-shirt or a frozen hat, right? That's the unlock that these brands need to kind of like start looking at is how can we connect with all the, all my bodies authentically so that we can build out uh, a 
a community where people can directly connect with it. Yeah, I, I think that when blockchain started, a lot of the disintermediation that we were talking about really was relegated to financial services. I know in 2017, I started teaching about this to my students in my school in Abu Dhabi. Um, we were talking about how it was going to disrupt the financial services industry, credit card companies, etc. But I, I don't think I even at that point understood the broad scope of how disruptive this technology would be across like sort of every aspect of, of how we interact as a society. And it's really, really crazy to think about. Um, you have, when's the next drop for chapter three? I thought, I think I just saw something posted about this. When will chapter three of Aku drop? Yeah, chapter three is on Sunday. Sunday. Um, yeah, we took a- on, on Nifty Gateway, right? Yeah, on Nifty Gateway at 2 p.m. Eastern time. I think we have it, the last drop was April 21st, so it's been a while. <laughs> a lot has happened since then, but uh, it was a much needed moment of just work instead of trying to play catch up. It, well, when, when do you think that the full 10 chapters would be released? Do you have a sort of timeline in your mind on when you'll get all 10 dropped? The idea is the idea is that we'll do ten this year. Um, all ten will be this year, and so by the end of this year, there's going to be a lot of uh, things that we have done to, you know, grow the IP from, to to a mainstream audience. And I think trying to accomplish ten in year one will allow us the ability to have that council ready to go, and so that in 2022. You know, we're starting programming right now, about 18, 20 months right now, um, with the Aku token um, around the corner right now. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your vision for the social token itself and, and what sort of things you want to enable the community to do um, with that token? Of course. I think the, so I think that the, the, real, the real layer that will power this whole idea is the token because the token allows uh, a lower barrier of entry instead of a $999 AFT, right? And what that token will allow with the different kind of infrastructures that are being built with Rally is the ability to, you know, do a lot of really innovative things with brands and partnerships and gaining access. So the idea with the token is, yes, to be able to vote uh, over a treasury, vote over uh, IP decisions, brand partnerships, that whole idea. Also, we're building out a player game, uh, a very simple game to really um, be a very uh, simple onboarding experience for people who may not know about social tokens or may not know about crypto. Um, it's a very easy, powerful game. Um, and, and essentially, the idea is this ecosystem could be built with this token and, and through all the traditional funnels that you see as in a major distribution studio, like it did or something like that, think about gaming and merch and product and books, et cetera, should be accessible via the Aku token. And so when the film is ready um, in a few years, the idea is that the audience will be large enough that it should be directed to an audience. That's really cool. So one of the things that's been interesting about um, Board Ape, I'm sure you've been following what's going on with the Board Ape Yacht Club, was this sort of 
reciprocity and duality between the brand creating physical merch and creating a streetwear line uh, and then people leveraging those items to actually get more apes and more NFTs. What, what do you sort of see as the future of physical merch with Aku? And is that something that you've you've gone you know pretty far down the path on yet? Or is that something that you're a while away from? No, definitely down the path. I got a lot of my agents at, at CAA are, are phenomenal. Obviously, they're, they understand the vision. And so product and merch is definitely something that is, is coming. Um, I believe that, like it goes back to what I was saying earlier, partnering with a brand um, that aligns with Aku makes the most sense early on because it's a, it's a win-win for everybody, right? Aku gets to be with this great brand that's, that's visualized with Aku. And at the same time, that brand can have, you know, have exposure to the crypto community without going full on into it and diving into it, right? Um, and so, yeah, we have all those conversations that we had. So the the social token would be something that people could enter into the Aku community at a lower price point than uh, than than purchasing one of the the chapters themselves, which I think is brilliant. Because I, one of the things that I see in sort of a, a huge issue with, with mainstream NFT adoption is right now that the mints are expensive. I mean, the generative PFP projects, most of them are minting at, at 0.08. And, you know, most people don't have that much money to, to throw around at multiple projects or, um, or even a single project. So uh, the idea that people could could sort of ape in through these social tokens is really, really brilliant. I'm interested to see what other uh, creators start to have that sort of similar approach to what's going on. Uh, I could, because one of the things that I was thinking about was to your point, I, I wouldn't have the ability, I'm not liquid enough to buy all the chapters right now with the other NFT projects I have going on. But the first thing I was thinking of was once the, the DAO opens, where someone takes all 10 chapters and fractionalizes them, how many tokens I would buy. And I think you're already attacking that within your own community with, with the social tokens. I think that's, that's super freaking brilliant, man. I, and I'm excited to see how that's going to play out. Um, one of the things we touched on was the education component. And I want to kind of come back to that a little bit. Um, why do you view that as an important aspect of your community and what sort of the vision that you have for that as the project goes along? Well, you know, Education with Aku was something that I thought incorporating Aku into like schools is something that I thought would be, you know, a, a palatable way. And really, the mission behind everything I was doing was empowering kids to believe that they could be anything, right? And starting that with education made the most sense because now you have a character that, let's just say, like it's Aku and Nike, right? And he has a cool collaboration. And now they see it with Nike, then they see Aku in their classroom, and now Aku is this cool kid that loves STEM, right? So it makes learning fun. And that was my thesis. Now I'm 30 years old. So I was like, let me let me definitely check in with some other educators who are teaching in this demographic, you know, elementary school age. And there were a few teachers already in the Aqua community who had taken it upon themselves to just start using Aqua in classrooms, introducing them to chapters and creating some kind of cool work, worksheets and things like that. And they were sending me videos of these kids, like with their reactions and, and, and telling me about it. And that's what really got me excited, was seeing the energy from the kids when they're, you know, interacting with 
just watching just a little chapter. And so that really got me excited. And because Aku is faceless, right? You know, it's just a helmet. There's no face. You can't identify him. Aku is a name that, you know, it's not like a David or Brian or you might know somebody in my associate. So Aku could be anybody, right? And so the idea is that we build this whole education vertical and we have a few really good ideas and working some really great partners on this alongside the community to integrate Aku into the, into the classroom, make, make the content and, and uh, work, worksheets, et cetera, accessible, you know, um, downloadable, and so that, you know, kids can learn on their own. And I think it's, it's the perfect character to, to, to integrate into, you know, programming within, you know, STEAM, STEAM programs. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what's coming with that. Uh, Micah, I want to respect your time. You can follow Micah Johnson at Micah underscore Johnson three, and you can follow Aku in that project at Aku Dreams on Twitter. Thank you so much for your time today and uh, inspired by the work you're doing. Looking forward to see what comes next and um, seeing other uh, sort of NFT creators uh, take your sort of approach with social tokens, I think is really keen and really important. So thank you so much for joining us today. No, no, thanks for having me anytime. Welcome to PackRip Media Presents NFT. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy, coming to you live from Dubai. I am joined today by Micah Johnson. Micah is a former Major League Baseball player turned NFT artist. On April 16th, The Hollywood Reporter announced that Aku, an NFT project and character created by Micah, had been optioned for TV and film by production powerhouse Anonymous Content. Uh, Anonymous Content has brought you movies like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and TV shows like uh, Mr. Robot. Uh, it's the first time that an NFT has served as original source material for a Hollywood project. And while that alone is you know, like pretty incredible and newsworthy, the story of Aku also serves as a fascinating case study of the seemingly endless possibilities that NFTs hold to revolutionize the world of entertainment, IP, technology, and the arts. Uh, I'm really excited to have Micah on. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Without further ado, let's get into it with my guest, the creator of Aku, Micah Johnson. 